This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is none other than Derek Roddenbeck. He is an artist and he's looking to increase his revenue. If you want your chance to enter and to win 100 bucks each Monday on the show, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Okay, Top Drive, good morning. I've got my tea here. It's going to be a good day, and you're going to love our guest today. His name is Frank Meehan. He's the co-founder of Spark Labs Global Ventures, a global early-stage ventures capital firm that's based in San Francisco, Korea, Singapore, Tel Aviv, and London. His other co-founder is Brent Hoberman of SmartUp.io, the startup app. It was recently selected by Apple as App of the Month in June 2015. Frank was previously with Horizons Ventures, where he served on the boards of Spotify, Siri Sumley, Effectiva. Is it pronounced Frank Effectiva? Effectiva. Effectiva and many, many others. He also led Horizons Investment into Deep Mind. Frank, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. So let's do this. First things first, it sounds like you had a pretty sweet gig at Horizons when you're serving on the boards of Spotify and such. Why break off and start Spark Labs? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, look, I mean, Horizons was a, an absolutely amazing um, experience. But Horizons is a family firm, and there comes a time when you decide that you are going to go and do it yourself uh, and, uh, and that you really have ownership and you create something yourself. Uh, and I've always done that. You know, I've always liked creating and building up businesses and brands and you know now spark labs is also uh, is an accelerator in career it's now the biggest accelerator in career it's two and a half thousand people at our demo day uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, so you know i think it was the right decision and then um you know smart up is is going incredibly well we've you know launched and really building um, a, a big base within the corporate and startup community. So looks looks good so far. Well, I want to dive more into that. But first, tell us what it was like at Horizons. Um, you're serving on the... Did you lead the investment in Spotify? Is that why you took the board seat? No, no, I didn't. Um, so that was led by um, the founder of Horizons. And, uh, you know, we were all involved as a team. But, uh, you know, I went in there because I had, you know, strong mobile experience and that was uh, something that I was, you know, to, to bring to the table there. Uh, it was an incredibly interesting experience. You know, we went into Spotify when they were still just in Sweden mm-hmm. uh, and, and just watched as it grew out. That's uh, 2010. Okay, got it. And, and the round yeah. that you guys did, what was it the Series B or Series C? Uh, I can't say that, but it was okay. one of those. Yeah, okay. exactly. But but no, it was it was amazing, and just watching watching as it grew, you know, the the Swedes are amazing. You know, you've got uh, it's one of my favorite companies countries to invest in. You know, eight to nine, ten million people, but you know, you have some of the biggest companies in the world out of there: IKEA, H and M, ABB, Ericsson, mm-hmm. etc. And the reason is is because Swedes um, very similar to Israelis, very similar to Koreans. Um, work very hard but have to go global. There's no real big home market. And I've always liked those type of markets because it forces the company to go global. It can't just sit on its laurels in one market. 
Meanwhile, us Americans are lazy and slow. <laughs> I think there's some pretty, pretty big ones rolling around out of Silicon Valley too. <laughs> just, just a few, just a few. So, hey, a lot of our listeners, and we have so, so many of them, they, they, a lot of them are SaaS entrepreneurs, and they're wondering, should I raise capital? Which obviously means that they're, then they're going to have to have a board. But Frank, for people like you and I that have never, that have been in boards, it's like commonplace. But for people that have never had one, it's this, it's mysterious. Nobody writes yep. about a board meeting. Give us as much insight as you can of what founders can expect at board meetings should they raise capital and have somebody like you on their board? Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. So one, it's a great time to raise for SaaS. I think SaaS and enterprise is going to be a big thing in in 2016. As long as you've got a very cool, funky, kind of almost consumer experience, it's the guys like Slack and Namely that are going to do well. It's not a traditional enterprise software play. It's guys that are outside of the enterprise space that are coming in as well. Um, that are that are being dragged in by the enterprise. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like almost like Slack has been. And then, so when it comes to boards, at the start, you don't want to have too many people on your board. So you want to have a couple of people that are really close to you that can help you expand. Um, and but when you get to the VC stage and the VCs come on board, they will want to see some very strong uh, management. And what that's where a co-founder is uh, best. Uh, so, you know, like in Spotify, it's not just Daniel, it's Martin Lawrenson, um, who is the other co-founder who is just as crucial at Spotify. And he really managed the board very, very well. Uh, and one of the tricks with boards is that you should never spring surprises on them. And often, especially VCs, you have a lot of boards, um, you know, could almost turn up there and sort of like flick through the slides and go, you know, don't really understand the company too well. And, uh, and the, the meeting ends up being too much discussion about the past and not about the future, which is what a board meeting should be. So the trick there is that you really absolutely must say to your board, okay, I'm going to give you the slides to the board meeting a week before. And anything, and I'm going to, in the board slide, say these are the things that are going to be discussed and these are the things that are not going to be discussed. And anything that you don't, you want to talk about now that's not going to be discussed, you talk about now on me with a phone call. So I will ring each one of you. And you're going to have, we'll have a discussion about it um, before we get to the board. But when we get to the board, we're not going to discuss those points. And because you've said that to the entire board, everybody will back you when somebody comes up and wants to drag back something that, you know, you don't want to talk about in the board meeting. Because otherwise you find yourself being dragged into people trying to understand what's going on. So you've really got to take that up front. Absolutely. Get the slides out to them. Talk to each one of your board members individually a week before the board meeting. Talk to them exactly what's going on. Make sure it's very clear what's going to be discussed in the board and stick to it yep. absolutely yep. rigidly. So, Frank, were you ever surprised at a Spotify board meeting? No, I wasn't because Martin's so good at running boards. Not you one know, time. No, they're not not any ounce of information where you're like, whoa, I didn't I didn't see that coming. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 no, I can't remember anything. Because How I long think were you that, on the board? How many years? Uh, we were there. For, I was there for about three years. Wow. Okay. So two and a half, two and a half years. And, and, and you we guys were, met quarterly? Yes. Okay, yes. got it. Got it. That's good and, stuff. And, yeah, and it's very good. Now, you then have the other boards where, you know, the founders weren't as experienced. You know, at the end of the day, both Martin and Daniel had done a couple of very big companies beforehand, especially Martin, and he knew exactly how he wanted to run his board. So, um, but when you get to the point where, where you get founders who are not experienced, um, it can be quite daunting, especially when you've got some big name VCs sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. But that's where you, they're looking to you for strength. And, um, and especially, you know, you get one of the 
the big name board meeting, but particularly the one who's probably got the biggest share or the biggest clout on your side. And uh, so he will support you when anything goes wrong sometimes in the board meetings. But the biggest problem I always had with boards was, you know, I was very diligent. I would spend a lot of time preparing for the board meeting and knowing exactly what I'm walking into. I was constantly surprised by, you know, some of the other um, some they don't, other board. They don't prep. It's so annoying. They don't prep. And, you know, it's like they turn off. You know, so half the board knows exactly what's on and half they don't. Half of them have just turned up, read the slides in the morning over breakfast and turn up and, you know, and sort of go on about something. It's just really irritating. So that's, that's why I come back down to, you know, a strong, strong management of the board. Don't be afraid to manage your board strongly, but don't do that in the board meeting. Do it by upfront management early before the board meeting, being in touch with them makes your board meeting go through much yep. easier. Makes sense. So two years ago, after your board experience with Spotify and, and you concluded your time at Horizons, you co-founded and you're now a, a general partner at Spark Labs Global. Did uh-huh. you guys raise a fund? Yes. How big was the fund? Yeah, uh, so it's 30, 30 mil. Okay, and did you, um, what year was that? Uh, so it was 2014. Okay, so you raised it right at the start of the, of the company. Yeah. And what, what, so what's your general thesis? It sounds like you have a unique model. It sounds like you've kind of have this fund that you're a general partner in, but you also have the startup smartup.io. Yeah. So look, we're six, we're six founders. Think of it as a, think of it as a, a founder, as a bit of a founder collective, but you know, what we are, we are very much, uh, we don't really, we try to avoid board seats. Actually, what we do is that we like to co-invest with top tier guys, um, who have the ability to do the board seats and do the board management well. And what we would like to do is just connect our companies into our partnership network. So it's our network of um, partners, uh, you know, investors and um, business opportunities, particularly in Asia. One of our, you know, our strongest strength is in Asia. So we're really good at helping U.S. companies scale to Asia or Asia companies scale to the U.S. That's our core strength. Who's the top? Who's the top VC that you like to syndicate with in Asia? And top tribe syndicate just means basically piggyback with or do a deal with. Yeah, so I mean, half our portfolio is US based. So, um, but you know, so that is uh, we've you know that's Google Ventures. We've you know syndicated you know Google Ventures, NEA, um, a, a, just just the usual the usual guys, SV Angels. Those cetera, are the biggest. Right? Those are the biggest guys in Asia as well. Oh no! So when it comes to the Asian companies, so that's where it's more like SoftBank, ah. um, and you know Sequoia is actually the big. You know, we're not. Our companies in Asia are much earlier stage, um, but Sequoia is the biggest player in Asia right across the board. So Interesting. Are, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're amazing in Asia. Very, very strong. They are the biggest in, in Asia. Okay. And Asia, and then you have Tiger Global, but there's so much money going into Asia because, you know, the, 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 the thing is at the end of the day is that it's much, much, the valuations are much better. The talent is, is a huge amount of talent. The talent's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's much more loyal. It doesn't. What would a SaaS? You said valuations are better. A SaaS company doing, uh, let's call it, um, make the math easy, a million in annual recurring revenue in Asia. What multiple are they going to get in a Series A? Um, you know that they could easily get uh, if it's a marketplace type of thing, or if it's uh, it depends what it is. If it's a SaaS model, they could easily be looking at thirty, forty, depending on the market, fifty million dollar valuations. Wow, so thirty to forty x on top line MRR uh, annual recurring revenue, depending on who, depending on where they are. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. We had there's not that much SaaS in Asia. It's much more marketplace and e-commerce. It's almost 
dust off a business plan from 2012 yeah. to 2013 <laughs> Bring it back. And, and run it in Asia and it's running really well. We had I, we had uh, uh, Tim Draper on in episode 129 and he his Asian portfolio is expanding rapidly and he shared yeah. what you shared, which is the valuations over there are, are crazy. Those For those of you that don't know, Tim Draper is a, a VC in, in California. He's raised about $10 billion across all of his funds. Um, have you guys done any, uh, any deals with them, Frank? Yes, we have. Oh, nice. Very yeah. good. Very good. Of the, of the 24, in 2014, you raised 30 million. It's now early 2016. How much of the 30 million have you deployed? Uh, so we've, well, we've got 52 companies in the portfolio. Uh-huh. So there's quite a lot. Uh, so we've deployed about half. And uh, yeah, to be honest, about half. And yep. Uh, yep. that's been primarily into late seed, series, early series C. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just looking at, again, you know, look, we plug people into the network, you know, it's, it's the key thing. Then we have, uh, you know, the Spark Labs Accelerator has a, has a number of, um, has another number of you know, about 60, 55 in it, the portfolio as well on, okay. on top of that. So you're doing, earlier stage. you're doing like average deal okay. sizes of a hundred, hundred K to 300 K something in there. Uh, actually up to 500 K up to 500. Yeah, okay. Between, you know, 250, 300 is, is okay. roughly around the right spot. Very cool. And just so it's all, I think it's always important for founders who are considering going the VC route to understand how VCs are thinking. And Frank, I know you'll be, on, you'll just be upfront with me because a lot of VCs will never, they don't like to even admit they have LPs because then you have to start talking about fund cycles and promised IRRs, but help us understand <laughs> when you raise that 30 million and you were having a conversation with a limited partner, that's an LP. Um, how did you convince him to give you your money? What did you, did you promise an, an internal rate of return? We didn't actually. We just said that we will, we are a group of people who are incredibly well connected and that we can be, we can see the hottest company, um, you know, within ten hours of it landing on our desk because we're in all the all of the key locations. It's it's a way of it was the idea was that we're not a whole group of people sitting in one location having to fly out and fly back in again. Mm. We are really an interconnected network. Um, and and you know, look, when it's the hottest deal lands in your tape or, or you hear about it, you've got to be there really quickly. So you're selling your access to the deal flow to these other people, right? I, ultimately, yeah, I think, but that's because you've got the experience to be able to do that. Yep. 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 Hey, it makes great sense. Guys, we'll link to everything Frank has articulated, his company, the portfolio, um, some of the, the press about him in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 166. Again, just remember that if you're jogging or going to work this morning, it's forward slash the top 166. Frank, before we get to my favorite part of the show, tell me real quick, if people want to connect with you personally online, where can they do that? So, um, you know, the best, the best way is obviously, you know, connect on LinkedIn, um, connect on Twitter and uh, follow me on Medium, uh, but also just email me, you know, look at the end of the day, it's frank at smartup.io and frank at spiracollabsglobal.com um, and download uh, smartup.io. It's the t- it is a tool for early stage entrepreneurs. We have over... 60,000 on there in the platform already. And it, you know, there's quizzes, simulations, um, whole bunch of stuff there to really test your knowledge and showcase whether you know exactly what you're doing. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. 
My blog is doing so, so well. This podcast is growing like crazy and there's one tool I can really credit a lot of this to. It's like my secret little assistant. Are you ready for it? It's called Edgar. And what Edgar does is it basically allows me to add pieces of content to a library. I didn't create a posting schedule for that library. And then Edgar just releases that on all my social media networks every day. That's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. It's really amazing. So I use it. And I had the CEO, Laura, on the show and we worked out a great deal. You guys can start using Edgar for yourselves at NathanLatka.com forward slash Edgar. Again, NathanLatka.com forward slash Edgar. That's my secret. Don't share it with too many people. In the meantime, enjoy using it. Well, Frank, this is why we have so many people listening to the show. We've got folks like you coming on that have had so much success, been on the Spotify board, raised a $30 million VC fund. You're also an entrepreneur, which is the most important thing. And you come on and give away your email. That's great. So I appreciate you doing that. We are now about to get into my favorite part of the show. So Frank pressures on. Do you know what's next? <laughs> no idea. It's, it, 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 yes, I do. It, it, yes, I do. What time yes. is it? Yes, go for it. It's time for the famous five. All right, number one, Frank, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Only the Paranoid Survive um, by um, uh, the founder of Intel. That's a good one. Number two, number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, I I think that Mark Zuckerberg just continues to crush it every single day. I, I think he's amazing. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like Evernote? Slack. So addicting. So addicting. Okay. Number four, Frank, real quick. What's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, Married, kids. Okay. How many kids? Uh, One. One. Okay. So here's the question. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. (laughs) How many? What? Six on a good night? Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last question, Frank. How old are you? Oh, I can't answer that. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Uh, 44, 44. That's you're young, man. You're going to live to be 200, all the technology out there. So take us, take us back 24 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? It's a great question. I'll tell you what, be more ruthless. Be, I love that answer. There you have it, guys. Frank Meehan from sitting on the board of Spotify with Horizon Ventures. He is his own entrepreneur to going out and launching his own venture, his own firm, raising 30 million bucks, investing in over 52 companies already. Frank, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely, Nathan. Thank you. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 